Blog Talk Radio. Across the country via Blog Talk Radio and later BFlow360.com. This is Fanatic Radio, America's premier sports music program. I'm your host, Mike Gardner, flying solo today in the studios. Dried off after my ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. I want to thank John Gardner and my co host, Ben Florence. I'll be joining us later in the hour for uh, nominating me for that. And it's great to see the, uh, the enthusiasm that is continued to strike out ALS to the point where even mascots have been involved. So it's only a matter of time before Claude the Eagle gets doused with a bucket of water. God help us. we got a good show for you on hand. Talk some football, some Johnny football. Interesting comments of a Hall of Fame coach about the Washington Redskins. We will talk some NASCAR as they compete this weekend in the last great Coliseum, Bristol Motor Speedway. And we'll find out what a motivational speech and Money Davis have in common. But we begin today with the NBA and, more importantly, Team USA. Let's talk some b-balls. They play tonight in the Garden against Puerto Rico. Team USA tip-off is 7 p.m. Eastern. On ESPN2, now this is the second of two games that Mike Krzyzewski's squad will face in uh, as many days as they are able to beat Domin- the uh, Dominican Republic fairly convincingly uh, in the Garden. And so now they uh, once again will face uh, a Central American team, Puerto Rico. As the last game, Coach K says he is keeping 16 players through this game and then ultimately will decide his team when they go and travel to Spain for the World Cup. Their first game against Finland is August 30th. It's been a very interesting time watching Team USA. These are a bunch of guys that have been very enthusiastic to play and have relished the opportunity because weeks ago, as we mentioned on the show, Kevin Durant pulled out of the Team USA, and rumors were that Steph Curry was going to do it, and then you got all these guys injured. So it's made a chance for a lot of players to step up. Their game against Chicago last week was a fantastic display. Uh, Anthony Davis and Derrick Rose, who Derrick Rose will be pl- hopefully playing tonight. Derrick Rose and Anthony Davis did well in their homecoming. Fantastic play from Davis. Second leading scorer on the team, and I'll get to what the leading scorer is. There's an interesting story behind it. 12.5 points a game. Team USA ended up winning by 17 against Brazil, but defeated Dominican Republic by 43. The offense is averaging 100 points a game, shooting over 
It's fantastic. 2-0 and so far after the 105-62 win against the DR. Anthony Davis, Derek Rose have been phenomenal. Those guys have really stepped up. This has been a very interesting starting lineup when Coach K puts Davis, James Harden, Derek Rose, Kenneth Fareed, and Steph Curry. Steph Curry averaging 15 points a game. He so far is the leading scorer on Team USA taking over Kevin Durant. Because Durant was the returning leading scorer before he left. But Steph Curry, it's very interesting watching these guys because from what I saw the Brazil game, Dominican Republic not so much, but the Brazil game and what you could see in the World Cup is USA in the past has relied on, on players to play new roles. We saw LeBron James post up. Carmelo Anthony was the five in London. We saw a, a, a mix of diverse. Kevin Durant was the three instead of the two, playing the two. But then you have guys like Kenneth Freed, who are clearly undersized in terms of European standards, and then Anthony Davis, who does not look like the biggest, strongest guy in the world. They've, they've played well. It's fantastic. You know, defensively, what, what Team USA is, is, is a confident bunch of scrappy players. And I think Coach K understands that. He knows there is no star power per se. There's no LeBron James. There's no Carmelo. There's no Kevin Durant. But that being said, he with the second wave of star players, the Steph Currys, the James Hardens, the Anthony Davis, it really goes to show just how good some of these players are because a couple of weeks ago Steph Curry wanted out of the team as soon as Kevin Durant left he was in fear of getting hurt and now he's a leading scorer him and Clay Thompson and James Harden these guys have are tailored for the European game and what I mean by that is they're guys that can shoot when, whenever and wherever they want because Steph Curry and Clay Thompson especially are guys that would, would not mind taking the five-foot jumper on a fast break. Would not mind taking the 30-foot three-pointer from downtown. They aren't necessarily big guys, and that's my next point I'll get to in this segment, but they can shoot. They can. These guys are, because that's the thing, back in the day, with, with guys as good as, as LeBron and Kevin Durant, you know, they are good shooters. Now with Kevin Durant gone, you almost have to look back at the team of the 16 guys and think, you know, is there a confident shooter? Steph Curry is a confident shooter. He's a fantastic player. All-star, you know, first, you know, first, second team, All-NBA. He is a very good player because he is, he's a guy that will not be one for seven. He's a guy that won't go O of 10, especially on a big stage. You will not get that from him. And that's why it's good. The only concern now, and I noticed this watching the Brazil game, and we, because the Brazil team cut the U.S. deficit down to four before the fourth quarter. And when I went back to say confident, scrappy guys, is the guard play off the bench. The Damian Lillards, the Kyrie Irvings, the Clay Thompsons, they play very good defense. For a guard. And Coach K, I noticed they were pressing. You had James Harden, who was active, getting steals. And you got Anthony Davis, Kenneth Freed, 
Andre Drummond. These guys run the fast break. So you got quick, youthful posts that run the floor. This team is very fast break, high-pressure defense. That being said, still the Achilles heel for the United States. It'll be interesting to see Coach K cuts and leaves when this, this game at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, ESPN2, uh, the U.S. versus Dominican Republic in the Garden. Once that concludes, is who does he keep? Because the Achilles heel, especially for the posts, is defense. There may be quick guys that get steals, but as soon as a team breaks the press, breaks the pressure, and gets into the half court, the USA is, I'd say, weaker than most of the good teams in the field. Brazil was 10th ranked in the world. Now, we haven't even mentioned France. We haven't even mentioned Lithuania, Russia, Spain, the tournament hosts. Those teams are very good in the post that can just body up guys like Curry, Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson. The guards... The ones and twos and threes aren't necessarily big. James Harden seems like the only big guy on defense. And then post, who knows about Tamarcus Cousins' knee? Will Andre Drummond see the floor a lot tonight? Because I'm not worried about the starting lineup. Starting lineup's fine. The two things you have to worry about in international basketball is, if you're the United States, is half-court, five-man game, because teams break you down, and foul trouble. Those are the two, because foul trouble is very key. There's only five fouls in the international game, and a lot of these NBA players that are very aggressive might have an off night and pick up two quick fouls in the first quarter, let alone the first half. That's bad. You know, If you have Steph Curry on the bench, it's very frustrating for Coach K to immediately go to his bench. That's where guys, that second, it's that second level of guys. Because these are... These are all these are some all stars. There's some good role player, role players on the squad. But then once you get to the bench, a lot of these this lineup now is what would be coming off the bench for the let's say an Olympic team. Are they a good team? Yes. Am I confident they're going to win? With Kevin Durant, yes. With now, you know our percentage went down because once again I haven't seen them against a team as good as Brazil yet. And when we make our FIBA predictions uh, in, a, in, a, in a week's time on Fanatic Radio, you wonder what's going to happen. You know, this is a team that, with an off-shooting night or with foul trouble, a small, good three-point shooting country can stay with them. And looking at the guys to cut, you know, there's some that could be obvious. But the starting five that I've seen has just been great is Curry, Rose, Fareed, Davis, Hart. Solid bench players. Mason Plumley been fantastic in the post. Clay Thompson off the bench has been a nice addition. Kyrie Irving is a good six man. Damian Lillard showed up against Dominican Republic. Didn't play at all because now you have guys that cut. You know Gordon Haywood, Kyle Korver, maybe Boogie Cousins. DeMar DeRozan, it's going to be tough. We'll look at it next week's time on Fanatic Radio when Coach K releases the 12-man squad, and that is where we'll go forward. But USA today, USA playing tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, ESPN2 against Matt, against Dominican, uh, against Puerto Rico, excuse me, in Madison Square Garden. Hope to watch that. Now, coming into our next thing, this is something I was talking with Flo yesterday in terms of college basketball, a very interesting exchange between the sports pope Mike Francesa and Kentucky coach John Calipari, who's no stranger to the uh, 
to the East Coast radio scene. A little funny exchange in which Calipari posed as John from Kentucky. This is what went down on Mike Zahn, Sports on the Fan. Cal sends me a message, can't coach. I didn't say Cal can't coach. What I said is he's not a great ex. This is Cal sending me a message, can't coach. I didn't say he couldn't coach. I said Cal is a great recruiter, a master motivator. He's not a classic X's and O's guy. There are better X's and O's guys. Majerus, as an example, is a better X's and O's guy than Cal. Cal, though, gets guys to play together and play hard. Better than anybody, because he takes talented kids, and he gets them to play defense. He gets them to play unselfishly, which is a absolute gift to be able to do that. Is he the greatest X's and O's guy? No. There are better tacticians, but he's a great motivator, a great recruiter. There's a lot to go with him. There's more than one facet to being a top coach. John in Kentucky, what's up, John? Well, I think the guy's a great coach. I think in X and O's, he would. This is John Calipari. I know what it is. Saying, I, I can't coach. I didn't see. see what are you saying how I can't sensitive coach? Why you, you call me up? I'm sitting there next to you. Come back up. <laughs> Come back up. How about you calling me? I did. You see, you know what you're like. You're like a caller who doesn't listen. Okay, or a listener. Uh, I, listen. I didn't say. I, wait a second. Back at you, you no, changed. I didn't say this. Let me. Can I talk now? What I said to the guy was, I said, you are a master recruiter, which you are, a master motivator. And you said he's not And I said, you're not a great X's and O's coach, which you're well, not. that's basically saying I can't coach. That's not, wait a second. Is there, one, is there one facet? You know what they call me? The magician. Cal the magician. Wait a second. New team. Wait a second. No are there better X's and O's guys than you? You think I believe that? Yes. I will pass the lie detector test and say no. Uh, no, you no, you won't. No, you won't. No, you won't. Are you a better motivator? Is there a better motivator than you? I don't have any idea. I'm just trying to do what I do. No, I, I understand don't compare that. myself to but, anybody. But listen, I understand that, but there's more than one. And, and uh, thanks for the call because you're gone. But uh, and that's actually Cal calling. Uh, but I never said you couldn't coach. What I said was you're not a classic X's and O's guy, which you're not. That's not your strength. Never has been. You're not going to be a guy who's going to say, all right, listen, I'm going to diagram this, I'm going to do this. No, you're going to put your guys out there and make them play hard, and you're going to send out very talented kids and get them to play together and play tough, and that's what you do. And there are there better X's and O's guys? Yeah. Is, is a guy like the late Majerus a better X's and O guy than you? Absolutely. He would win with less talent than you would, but he couldn't coach the talent you could coach. He couldn't get them to play hard together. He couldn't even recruit the guys. They wouldn't even be on his team. They wouldn't be able to. They wouldn't even be able to stay in practice with him. He'd drive them nuts. So I think other guy. I think there's. I think there's three or four facets to being a top coach. I think you have to be able to on a college level. You got to be able to administrate. You got to be able to recruit. You got to be able to motivate, and then come X's and O's. It's not all, and no one's going to be top at, at all four. Very few guys are going to be best at all four. Would people say that Bob Knight's a master recruiter? No. He wasn't. He couldn't recruit everybody. He, could, he was going to recruit certain types of guys that fit his system. He wasn't a master recruiter. Was he a master uh, X and O guy? Of course he was. But he wasn't a master recruiter. So every guy is going to have different marks in each category. There's more than one category to being a coach. You should know that. You do know that. You're just being argumentative. Paul and Hamden, what's up, Paul? It's an interesting exchange, uh, a little tongue-in-cheek, to, that John Calipari did. Uh, is not an X's and O's guy. I think he's actually coaching. He's, well, he was coaching Dominican Republic. And, yeah. So, a little funny thing is shout out to the sports pope and uh, B-Flow's favorite. Uh, breaking news, though. Minnesota Timberwolves have an agreement 
the principal to acquire Philadelphia's Thaddeus Young, in addition to number one overall draft pick Andrew Wiggins, is part of a three-team trade that will send Mr. Kevin Love to the Cleveland Cavaliers, according to sources closest to the teams. So not set in stone yet, but teams finally agree to trade Love to the Cavaliers. And this makes me mad because all this time, Kevin Love could have been playing with Team USA. Now supported by ESPN's Mark Stein. Dallas native Mark Stein. I'll give him a shout out. So Kevin Love, even more likely to go to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Who knows? But we'll take a break. When we come back, that's enough of our basketball talk. When we come back, we'll talk some Little League World Series, some NFL. On the NFL is fine. I'm Johnny Mansell. And just how on earth the Cleveland Browns are going to put a muzzle on Mr. Manziel. Stay with us. Listen to do Fanatic Radio. Block Talk Radio. Fanatic Radio. Even with the way they're playing, we could go undefeated. It's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on Block Talk Radio. Fanatic Radio is America's premier sports music program. It's an essential part of our society, like hot dogs and Cadillacs. Mike Gardner and Ben Florence providing unique insight from the wide world of sports. He should just retire so he could dip him in bronze and ship him to the Hall of Fame. Playing only the hottest music. The only thing we ever play on the show is Motown and R&B. And always striving for perfection. We're climbing the ladder to success, escalator style. Yes! See for yourself. Check out Fanatic Radio only on Blog Talk Radio.
Peter Gabriel, Salisbury Hill. Beautiful track from a member of Genesis. Old school band for you prog rock fans out there. Fanatic Radio, America's Premier Sports Music Program. Mike Gardner, 3.22 Central Time, 4.22 Eastern Time. Flying solo here in the studio as B-Flow's going to Jersey from New York. As he's going back to school in a matter of days. I want to give him a shout-out. I also want to give uh, fellow partners in crime, Nick Papadis, Ethan Jenkins, Dan Lagnato, the entire AU Athletics crew, broadcasting today's women's soccer game live on CampusInsiders.com as AU Women's Soccer leads 1-0 with a fabulous commentary from my protégés. It just brings a tear to my eye to know how proud I am of those guys in the district. And we moved to, we moved to football in which interesting developments have been made in terms of our team, the Washington Redskins. Now, we have said on this show the big buzz happened uh, back in April, per se, in which certain members of tribes were trying to sue the NFL to get Dan Snyder to change the team. And then in June with the NBA Finals, Flo and I talked about the commercial saying it's a great idea, but with limited markets and a one-time thing, how would momentum carry for this activist push? And a couple weeks ago, Dan Snyder said he would not change the team. He still retains the, the, the rights of the brand, the Washington Redskins brand. And to which I actually replied on this radio station that there would be no way that they changed the name. And now it's gotten to the point where several big-name figures have gotten involved. Among saying uh, CBS's sports Phil Sims said Monday he is considering not using the Redskin name when he calls the CBS debut of Thursday Night Football between Washington and New York, September 25th, because he is sensitive to complaints about the name. And even today, ESPN analyst Tom Jackson may refuse to use the Redskins' name on air. And the Washington Post editorials will no longer use Redskins. That being said, it takes my boy, former Bears coach and current Sunday night and NFL countdown mustached host Mike Ditka to say in an interview with Mike Richmond of RedskinsHistorian.com, he says, quote, what's all the stink over the Redskins name? It's so much explicit, it's incredible. We're going to let the liberals run the world. I, it was said out of reverence, out of pride to American Indian even though it was called Redskins, what are you going to call them? Proudskins? Basically saying it is, quote, so stupid, it's appalling. And this is Ditka. This is Hall of Fame coach. Very interesting. He says, it's all, Ditka also responded, it's all the political correct idiots in America. That is it. Now, these two sides that I have presented of the Phil Sims and the Tom Jacksons, and Mike Dicka, for a little point-counterpoint, 
on one hand. You have to agree with Jackson and Sims and the Washington Post. At the end of the day, Washington has an NFL franchise. You know, legally, they're still called the Washington Redskins. Nothing bad has happened yet because of it. And they also, the patent, you know, patent trademark has been relinquished, so anyone can basically use the name. They don't own it. And that being said, if people are sort of ebb and flow suspicious about using the name, then just don't use it. Just say the ball is on the Washington 30-yard line. Touchdown, Washington. And and the next time the Redskins play, I'm going to have a clicker of how many times the word Washington is said compared to the Redskins. Another thing, though, about the Redskins is none of these companies, ESPN and CBS, have yet to release statements voicing their concern about the name. The execs at Monday Night Football haven't said, Mike Tirico and John Gruden, don't use it. They haven't, see people at CBS haven't told Jim Nance and Phil Sims, don't use it. So that's where I understand. A lot of these analysts are sort of taking their own personal stand to not use it, which I don't understand. At the end of the day, the team name is, until the NFL, until Roger Goodell steps on that podium with Dan Snyder and says, we the National Football League have collectively agreed to change the Redskins' name. When Dan Snyder says, I am changing that name, they are called the Washington Redskins. And that is where I go to Mike Ditka's standpoint. Mike Ditka is taking a stance saying it's just – basically what I said of my rant a few weeks ago about Dan Snyder and the team, it is just a name of a football team. It's not a branch of the Department of Defense. It's not – you know – some political group overseas. It's not a food. It's not something in the public domain. It's a name of a football team. It is just the name of a football team. The Florida State Seminoles. The North Dakota Fighting Sioux. At the end of the day, I agree with Sims and Jackson, in which they don't announcers do not have to use it. They can just say Washington. But then there's that other part of me that says they are the Washington Redskins. That is what the NFL has officially allowed its broadcasting to say. When you go to NFL.com, that is what their website is, Redskins.com. Robert Griffin III is quarterback for the Washington Redskins. And it's a, it's a debate that I could go blue in the face to talk about, but it just the name just won't change. And with Dicka, it's very interesting to say, yo, that America's uh, it's stupid that they're getting involved. But at the end of the day, it absolutely is. Like I said, it's just a football team. You know, there are thousands of, of problems out there in this world. And ironically enough, you know, the NFL team is sort of the hot button of concern. I think it's actually the last thing NFL needs to worry about. NFL needs to worry about two things right now. The start of the season and what the hell is going on with drugs. With the, with the, with the use with the substance that's spreading like wildfire. As reports that Chiefs offensive line, Donald Stevenson was suspended four games for PEDs. Dwayne Bowe joins him as well, suspended for a game with possession of marijuana. Several players. 
ever since the NFL cracked down on sort of this PED, remember again, there's no testing in the NFL. There's no testing for PEDs yet. There's no official test. But yeah, a lot of these players are getting caught with substance abuse. It is strange, once again, how inconsistent Roger Goodell is with the suspension of these players. Now they're starting to mold to a a current standard of when players are getting suspended. But at the end of the day, it is insane to know how out of control that it can get. So at the end of the day, you have all these players getting busted for performance-dancing drugs. It's very, it's very, it's very indecisive. It's very interesting. Another thing the NFL has recently dealt with: twelve grand for Mr. Johnny Football for flipping off the Redskins bench Monday night after Johnny Football threw a touchdown. Now, Beeflo and I have talked about this as well in terms of the Redskins. Excuse me, the Cleveland Browns quarterback. On who's going to be the starter? Brent Hoyer is your immediate starter after that. With with Johnny Manziel, he has always have little spurts of brilliance. He's a he's getting better. I think a lot of players, former players and analysts have have chipped in their two cents to say Manziel has really come a long way from his Texas A&M days in terms of developing as a quarterback as a player. But his actions off the field and his actions not when the football is not in his hands are still up to up for grabs. You know, going to Vegas during training camp, missing meetings, and now flipping off the bench. That's just insane. So crazy to think that Manziel continues to get away. It's not that continues to get away with this, but just does it. It shows he's very immature and he's not starting quarterback material. And I said that when he got drafted. He's not a good quarterback. He's a tremendous athlete. Tim Tebow is a tremendous athlete. Mike Vick's a tremendous athlete. Some of these guys just aren't good quarterbacks. And it's very interesting to see Manziel, how he goes forward from here, because now he is climbing an uphill battle in terms of just trying to even convince himself more to be a starting quarterback because of his off-field antics. And because of his gestures. So that being said, it's it's a curious case of Johnny Manziel. But at the end of the day, who cares? <laughs> the Cleveland Browns are still going to be a pretty pretty media. They have a good defense, though. I watched them Monday Night Football. You know, Joe Hayden, Paul Kruger. They have guys. When they got deals made. And trades accomplished. They're a very good team. Very good defensively. Josh Gordon's out because of substance for a while. And their running backs are still up for grabs. The Browns are just a couple of offensive picks away from becoming a pretty solid team. A wild card team, maybe middle of the road. Who knows? That being said, uh, the NFL did the right thing in finding Manziel, teaching him a lesson. A thing I don't understand when our NFL talk on this note is fining Saints tight end Jimmy Graham $30,000 for two goalpost dunks in preseason. Sean Payton, head coach of the Saints, was 
furious. And he admitted last Sunday that he's got to stop dunking the ball. And in signing a new four-year deal to start the season is is insane. Because at the end of the day, the NFL, as I've mentioned, have bigger issues to worry about. The NFL referees throwing way too many penalties. You know, the length of the replays of how games are even longer and how more players uh, uh, more players are getting flagged for every little touch, especially on pass defense. John, ESPN's John Clayton reported there are more flags because in the secondary. There are more holding calls. And this is just preseason. Season hasn't even started yet. To find Jimmy Graham, the best tight end in, in football, 30 grand for dunking the no-fun league, as everyone says. I mean, they've already done stuff with the extra point, which is fantastic. So at the end of the day, it's not going to affect the, the goal. Graham is not going to be like the Incredible Hulk and, and smash the bar down. He's dunking the ball. He is celebrating. I mean, we've come from society where we do the Neon Dion shuffle and Ocho Cinco playing putt-putt with the pylon. And they're getting mad at Jimmy Graham. Where are the fines there? Where was the T.O. fine when he sprinted to the middle of the star when he played at the 49ers? And we're going to find Jimmy Graham 30000 for dunking two balls on the goalpost? the best tight end of the game. 16 touchdowns, 1,200 yards. He's 27 years old. He's got, I think, a better longevity than Tony Gonzalez. And he plays with a fantastic quarterback. He's going to get touchdown catches. You know, I don't understand that. Fix one thing at a time. Don't find the guy for celebrating. And at the NFL... We'll let Joe Horn keep his cell phone behind the goalpost. Or, or, you know, or Sharpie in their pants. A Sharpie in their sock. Let the guy dunk. Let him throw down the goalpost. Who cares at the end of the day? He's a good enough player to do whatever the hell he wants. Let's move forward. NASCAR goes to the great Coliseum. Bristol Motor Speedway. And once again... With the surprise news, Tony Stewart will not be behind the wheel of car number 14. This is the third consecutive race as the Tony Stewart lawsuit continues. Now, this was last week, Flo and I talked about it. And this was the discussion Flo and I had. Uh, it's not as it's not as surprising he missed Bristol. Next week, when the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series goes to Atlanta, is the is the ticker. If he misses that race, he he's got to sit out the rest of the season. Which I, you know, at the end of the day, reading a column from Jeff Gluck is, is, of USA Today is not surprising that he would, because still no justice has been brought. Stuart Haas Racing allowing Stuart to take the time he needs away from the track. And apparently his horses say he's taking it week by week. So, 
it's very interesting when we look at the footage again and knowing what Tony Stewart is going to do. Jeff Burton was sitting in the car number 14. Stewart still has yet to make any comments on it, which is another interesting fact. He hasn't even come out of you know, the solitude of his own house yet to make a statement. And if he, if he misses Atlanta, he misses the entire season. Tony Stewart, at this point, is not going to make the chase. He's not going to you know, throw himself to the fire and be obligated to do something he doesn't want to do. Stuart Haas already has two drivers in the chase, in the chase Kurt Busch, Kevin Harvick. So who knows? Taking it week by week, potential criminal and civil cases against Stewart are the, the possibilities. Of course, this is the New York Court of Law. But at the end of the day, who knows? Because we won't know until Tony Stewart comes out of silence. But he's missing Bristol. Which is going to be a very fun weekend, but then again... Will it, with the new rules that NASCAR made last week of not allowing drivers to to sort of go off into the track and immediately go to the ambulance, there goes the entertainment value of Bristol. It'll be interesting to watch the race Saturday night to see just how much that will have an effect and change Bristol. Because what drivers are saying today was fantastic in practice. I also want to give a shout-out to Milka Duno. I'm going to shout-out to my aunt in Ohio. Her girl, Milka Duno, is making a NASCAR nationwide debut tonight. And Milka Duno is the one that most people don't know, and rightfully so. She's the girl, the woman driver that got into uh, beef with Danica Patrick. Now, Danica is not racing nationwide anymore, but we need Milka Duno in Sprint Cup because we need more drama in this sport, and she can provide it. But yeah, no Tony Stewart this weekend. But who knows when he'll come back. Like I said again, he misses Atlanta next week. He misses the season. Take another break. When we come back, Little League World Series and offbeat oddities, including uh, Resurrection of Tweets from Flow. Stay with us. You're listening to Fanatic Radio on blogtalkradio.com. It's Fanatic Radio. What's wrong with that? He fought for his country. The reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic on. Love Talk Radio. Fanatic Radio is America's premier sports music program. It's an essential part of our society, like hot dogs and Cadillacs. With Mike Gardner and Ben Florence providing unique insight from the wide world of sports. He should just retire so he could dip him in bronze and ship him to the Hall of Fame. Playing only the hottest music. The only thing we ever play on the show is Motown and R&B. And always striving for perfection. We're climbing the ladder to success, escalator style. Yes! See for yourself. Check out Fanatic Radio only on Blog Talk Radio.
Chicago, if you leave me now, continuing our prog rock flow here on Fanatic Radio, America's premier sports music program, Mike Gardner, solo like Flo's boy Colin Coward. It is a uh, quarter till the top of the hour here on FR, reminding you to listen to the podcast on iTunes, blogtalkradio.com slash fanaticradio. Check out our Facebook page at uh, at facebook.com slash fanatic radio and go to youtube.com slash the fanatic radio to listen to interviews that you hear from this show our past interviews as well and go as to be flow360.com as what's recently on on the flow blog flow's evaluation of fox sports one after one year eh it's been a great coverage with certain sports but then at times I think I think that channel has gotten more crazy controversy coming out of it you got because you got one you got Donovan McNabb who is has shot himself in the foot numerous times in Dirty Harry and then you got guys like Gary Payton the crowd goes wild which is one of the worst shows I've ever seen was just canceled but Fox Sports 1 great coverage of NASCAR and some college sports, and baseball. Other than that, <laughs> nothing really, nothing really much out of that, uh, out of that, out of that station. But what it serves its purpose, and it also is out home to the uh, the Mike Francesa show simulcast. So, Flo loves that more than anything in the world, and is the host of uh, Bill Rafferty. That being said, Fox Sports One uh, has been playing some Champions League games, which is great to see that the playoffs is going on now. And what I mean by that is there are currently 22 teams that are automatically in the Champions League based on last season's record in their respected European countries. And now you have the teams that didn't make it that are sort of going through these playoffs where 10 teams will be added to a 32-team field, thus competing for the Champions League, which I believe starts in October, November. So keep an eye on for that. Best and brightest of Europe, Clay Cristiano Ronaldo and Wayne Rooney. Interesting story that appeared recently. A lot of colleges 
are being strapped for cash thanks to the NCAA and the awful fab, the fabulous five, the power five, the power plant, power five conferences are currently taking all the money and uh, they get at schools like Maryland giving lifetime help to student athletes. I don't know where they're going to get the money for that, which they're now in the Big Ten, so I guess they could do whatever they want. So they got those small schools in the secondary conferences strapped for cash. Apparently, schools, especially in the South, and two of them of the 21 universities are in my great state of Texas, let alone that, are within minutes of my house. 21 on-campus stadiums where beer sales and alcohol sales will be permitted. According to a survey, about half those schools' concession revenue is driven from alcohol sales. This, there are 11 municipal stadiums where f- football teams are tenants and alcohol is available to the general public. The NCAA does not sell its championship events. Schools and conferences are allowed to make their own policies. So you got schools like Troy, SMU, North Texas. It's amazing. Some of the schools on this list, I want to get a shout-out to a lot of them. Akron, which is in spitting distance of my aunt's house. SMU, which is very close to my house. Colorado State, which have family ties to UTEP, West Virginia, UNLV, Toledo. This is basically Ohio, the backwoods of West Virginia, of the of the of the of the Appalachians, the South, Texas, Louisiana, and some in the Northeast, and some in the Midwest, like Minnesota and Ohio. That is, it's insane what this world is coming to. Where we're going to sell alcohol because, you know. I don't have a problem with this. I think it's wild. But at the end of the day, like sources have said, stadiums can do whatever they want. And this is right. College football is already turning into semi-pro football anyway. You know, it might as well get fans and players adjusted. And I, if they keep – if they ID and card at stadiums now, I think a lot – most stadiums have ID under 30. I know AT&T Stadium in Arlington, the Cowboys have that. They can do whatever they want. I just think that is probably the funniest story of the week, knowing that I can now go to an SMU football game and not have to tailgate. I could just drink beer at the stadium. What a wonderful world this will be. And we got the funk. Oh, well, uh, glory be, the funk's on me, Bobby. Keep that funk alive. Even when he is not in studio, Fanatic Radio still goes forward with its critically acclaimed segment, Tweets from Flow. Our summer series is coming to an end as the fall is crisply sneaking up behind us. Next week, and if, or in a few weeks, two weeks' time, Flo and I will give our college football predictions on what to expect. Pattis and I, several weeks ago, about when the initial USA Today coaches poll came out, some of the shocks, some of the surprises. But Flo and I, eventually, in the, in the next few weeks, will break down the inaugural college football playoff. Who will make it to the Final Four this year? What will happen? But looking at the Flo Twitter, 
Haven't done this in a while. But he's getting very excited to uh, about Mike Francesa. It says, quote, today it, must be, it may just be the Mongo Nation Super Bowl next to only Francesa Con. And with, I, I believe that Mike Francesa is going to do the Ice Bucket Challenge. He indeed came back early to do that, looking for video. And, uh, and Francesa is also, and uh, today is also the day Francesa does the Bar A show. In which he goes to bar, he goes to a bar in I think in in New York or Jersey, and I have seen um, some sort some clips from this, and it's uh it's very funny to see Francesa out and about, and because apparently if Mike Francesa will compete to complete the ice bucket challenge during the end of summer WFAN show this Friday today. At Bar A. So I think Bar A is in New York. I definitely have to ask Flo about that. But I'm very excited to see Francesca get a a bucket of water. I did it, and it was probably the funniest thing I've done in a while because it was – I didn't realize how cold it was. Belmar, New Jersey is – I don't know. Hopefully Flo goes to this. Who knows? But apparently the cohorts of of his show are going to raffle off the right for a fan or a couple of fans to dump the bucket over his head. So it's his end of the summer show. That's funny. I cannot wait for that video. And that's what Flo is tweeting about. We love Francesca. And for the last five minutes, when I had a show uh, talking about something that many people had no idea was going on, but we'll get to it anyway. The Little League World Series. I've kept my tongue about this in years past, but in terms of Fanatic Radio Summer Series, this is a great way to sort of emphasize what it really means for summer. We have seen – I have seen zero bits of of the, uh, the Little League World Series. That being said, there are so far three huge storylines coming out of, of Williamsport featuring a team that is going to compete in the USA Finals, a little small team from Chicago – is playing the team from little team from the team from Las Vegas, and this team everyone's championing this team from Chicago, an all African American team, which is a great story. These guys, these kids are excited, they're enthusiastic, and you know, it's all rah rah. I still don't understand why they televise it, but I don't work at ESPN, so I don't have a clue. But it's been interesting that this this team has indeed gone the distance. You know, they've they have some great hitters on that team. From the highlights I've seen. Another is this young girl named Monet Davis from Philadelphia. Now, she made history this past week by becoming the very first Little League player ever to grace the cover of Sports Illustrated. And I had just got, and during the music break, I had just got finished reading the little article that they wrote about her. Now, I have some complaints. And some uh, some immediate praises. She shows a 70 mile an hour fastball. She's 13 years old, and she has done a great. She did a great job. That being said, I don't understand why Sports Illustrated would give her the cover. Because it's not the first time one that a woman that a girl has pitched. Chelsea Baker of Florida 
you know, as, as a knuckleball, the knuckleball princess. She got you know, a contract offer from Japan. She's, you know, one of the best little league players. She's competing for a high school. She's still waiting to come on this show as an interview. She is got to pitch and go throw batting practice at the devil at the Rays game. She's a girl that pitches. She doesn't get the cover of Sports Illustrated. There's been fantastic Little League players. They don't get the cover. I don't understand why they have a star, why she's a star player. She's just a 13-year-old girl from Philly. And you know, at the end of the day, they didn't even win. She got... After the day, a couple of days after getting the cover, she got lit up against Vegas. She had six, six strikeouts, but gave up six hits, a walk, and two and a third inning. Gave up a two-run homer. She's only human. But then again, it goes back to our friends at the mothership. That they will force stories until you're blue in the face. Monet Davis, is. I should be very proud of herself and her team, but they didn't win, and at the end of the day, no one will remember who she is. One thing I want the world to remember, and that's my final thought before we end this show, is a man named Dave Belsley, Belsley from Rhode Island who gave one of the most motivational, heart-wrenching speeches to his group of teenagers when they lost, he was coaching the uh, the New England region, his Rhode Island team. He was sad, saying, you know, he didn't think uh, he'd be coaching this team again. But he spoke from the heart and basically gave this team, saying, heads up, no second thoughts about it. It's all about you learn from your experiences, you love each other, and you will you will cherish this for a long time. He's you're the boys of summer. Because I need kids like this. You are all my boys. You are the boys of summer. He's saying how he loves these guys. How he's talking to kids who are teenagers. You know, most of these kids won't even go off and play baseball. They'll go off and get high school diplomas. Go to college. Be doctors, lawyers. Little League World Series should not be something that... It's a great experience for these kids, but it's not the end of the world. It's not something that we'll build statues of. It's just a series of games with these kids. I had a cousin. I'll give a shout-out to future Fnatic Radio guest, Kyle Kirchival. He played at Cooperstown. Had the time of his life starting college at Arizona State. I wish him the best of luck to know that we love him, support him, everything he does. As another member of the Polizzi clan uh, from the constituency is going off and doing great things. So that's what you need to remember. Shout-out to David Belsley of Rhode Island. Go to Fnatic Radio's uh, podcast on iTunes. Flow is back next week. We're talking college football and more. Go to the Pod Center page on iTunes. Beeple 360. And indeed, blogtalkradio.com slash Fnatic Radio. From all of us here in the studios. We'll see you around the horn. But from everyone, it's been Fnatic Radio. I'm Mike Gardner saying so long. We'll see you next time.